It's your Wednesday daily delivery. I am Michael Rand. Glad to have you back for another day. Hope you guys are having a good one out there today and a really good show coming up right now. Randy Johnson from the Star Tribune joins me in a little bit. We're going to talk go for football, the whole PJ Fleck to UCLA saga that played out over the weekend. Nothing to it. Eventually, UCLA hiring former uh, former running back Deshaun Foster to be their head coach. He was an assistant there last year. Sounds like the flex stuff, though, was kind of, it was interesting. Randy gets into that a little bit. Sounds like there was some real interest on UCLA's part on bringing Fleck into the mix. It just didn't work out, and I think probably a good decision on PJ's part. But Randy and I will get to that more here in just a little bit, so stick around for that. He and I will also talk Gopher men's hockey. Randy was actually covering the Gopher series. They had a great weekend. They Two shutouts, but he was covering that as all of the Fleck stuff was bubbling up Friday and Saturday. So we'll get into that in just a little bit, both of those teams. Get into some Viking stuff that I think is interesting towards the end of the show. A Gophers team that is struggling mightily. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. First, though, what I miss, let's start with the Wolves. Um, no surprise, they win at uh, at Portland last night. First, uh, first of two against Portland, second of a road back-to-back. They had just beaten the Clippers on... Um, on Monday night, come back and beat Portland on Tuesday. Huge game from Ant. Sounds like he was maybe a game-time decision or thinking about sitting this one out because his knee was sore. He's kind of been battling through a few little kind of bumps and bruises throughout the year, but he decided to give it a go. Good thing he did. The Wolves needed him. Um, he goes for 41 in this game, really gives them all the offense they really needed. Uh, but the fourth quarter was the deciding quarter. They were they actually had fallen they followed uh, into a two-point deficit. It was 86-84 Portland. Rough start to the quarter for reserve Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He had a turnover. He fouled on a three-pointer. All of a sudden, Portland's got some life. Portland, one of the worst teams in the league this season. You're giving them life, letting them hang around. But then Walker goes on a huge heater. Four three-pointers, 18-4 run. Wolves end up closing this game out with relative ease, even if it got kind of tense in the fourth quarter. Now, couple things off this game. Number one, little little bit of a Nikhil Alexander-Walker appreciation moment here, just for all he's brought to the team. What that trade, almost this time last year, brought to the Wolves, where they shipped out D'Angelo Russell, brought in three second-round picks. Don't forget about that. Three second-round picks, plus Mike Conley Jr., plus Nikhil Alexander-Walker. That was a haul Gave them a starting point guard, a replacement for uh, D'Angelo Russell, who certainly fits this team better. I know D'Lo's been on a, a nice run with the Lakers, but he's a little bit more inconsistent, a little bit more of a ball-needy kind of player on a team that maybe doesn't need that right now. Conley's been a great fit. Alexander Walker was, you know, we've talked about this. He kind of felt like a throw-in in that trade. He didn't really know what you were getting. He was on, I think he was on the last year of his deal, but they end up re-signing him in the offseason. He ends up being a nice rotation player, can play a bit of point guard, can do a little bit of this, really good on defense, can make a three like he did last night. I think he was five of six for the game from three-point range. Just a, the kind of player you need to be a successful team in the in the regular season and once you get to the postseason. Now, they're just kind of adding these depth pieces. And Monte Morris trade, another example. I mean, you look at their nine deep right now with those two guys on the bench, as well as Naz Reed and Kyle Anderson. Man, that's a really good nine deep lineup that's you know that's not even counting guys that could get some run if they needed to guys like Jordan McLaughlin other young some of their other younger players guys who have done it before but they don't need them to do it right now 
Um, so it's just thinking about that, thinking about where Alexander Walker's game has come from and where it's getting to. And I think one of the big things he's talked about is confidence, the confidence to kind of play through those tough moments. And he talked about it again after the game on Tuesday. Let's listen to that. Anybody who knows me knows it's not that easy. <laughs> they know uh, I, I struggle with that a lot. Um, I care a lot. And, and for so long, uh, I had to realize that basketball is not, not only – my identity and you know but yeah, it's just the game was everything for me and so it, there's times where I can lose myself in the game and good and bad but I think it's just been a focus for me to grow as a player to know that the only way for me to improve now is to kind of like separate that stuff and just to be able to enjoy the moment and be in the moment good and bad. And again, this is a guy who was like struggling to find a role, hadn't really carved out a niche in the NBA. And if you're not a star, if you're not, you know, one of those guys that's going to be competing for the All-Star game, competing to be on, you know, the All-NBA teams, things like that. If you're not one of the big two or three on a roster, you have to figure out pretty quick what you do well. You've got to figure out, hey, what's my role here? How do I fit in? How can I use what I do best to complement what else is going on in this roster. And I think, you know, for a young player, and Alexander Walker is still relatively young, for a younger player, that can be a challenge. You're, you know, you grow up, you're probably the best player on your team for a long time. If you got to the NBA, until you got to the NBA, you were probably the best player on almost every team you were on. And maybe you were on some kind of select team at some point with some other future NBA player, things like that. But your high school team, your college team, your youth teams, like you were always or almost always the best player. When you have to come to the NBA and then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, like everybody here is the best in the world. How do I fit into this? I think that is a challenge. And then when it doesn't happen right away, you lose some confidence, things like that. you got to carve out that role. I think Alexander Walker is doing that now to the Wolves' benefit. Chris Finch agrees. Here was Finch on Alexander Walker after the game. Yeah, he's probably grown the most um, with his kind of composure. More, you know, he doesn't seemingly get rattled um, when he when he makes. Like he had a, he's always had a habit to kind of get down on himself when when he has made um, some tough plays, um, but he plays through that now and bounces back. Uh, he understands like you know defensively that's where it all starts for him, and you know he's just this decision making on offense has been really quick and for the most part really really clean. Um, and so, yeah, just, but that all comes from just, I think, having a little bit more composure. So, again, most nights it's going to be Edwards, it's going to be Carl Anthony Towns, it's going to be Rudy Gobert that have to get the Wolves to an elite level. But you also have to have that supporting cast if you are going to be a true title contender. And speaking of that, Kendrick Perkins, uh, NBA commentator, said on Twitter, uh, X, whatever you want to call it, Tuesday night, the Timberwolves have been standing on business all season long. I don't know about how y'all feel, but I'm leaning towards them being legit title contenders. Title contenders in all, or not in all caps, but each of the first two letters capitalized. Good night and carry the hell on. Kendrick Perkins, um, you know, he's, he's he's pretty bombastic, can be pretty bombastic. He's been on, on TV before. Um, I think that's interesting. This, the Wolves, I, I think people don't quite figure out where the Wolves fit into this. And it's funny because people are blasting him now because he said the other day that the Clippers, he likes the Clippers, things like that. People are saying you're, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. You can say a team is a title contender without saying they are going to win the championship. And I think right now you have to put the Wolves in the mix of 
you know, a handful of teams that, that during the regular season are separating themselves. What that means when you get to the postseason for a team that hasn't won a playoff series in 20 years, I don't know what that means once you get that far. I do know this. They are playing right now at a level, a consistent enough level. They've had some lulls, but we know, I think at this point in the season, two-thirds of the way in, we know what they are. I don't know if they're going to win the NBA championship. I think they should at least win a first-round playoff series. But I think we at least are starting to figure out now that this is a team you can trust. Doesn't mean they're going to win. Doesn't even mean they're going to win a first-round playoff series. I think they should, but man, they could wind up playing the Lakers. They could wind up playing the Warriors. They could wind up playing somebody really good, the Mavericks, the Suns even, in the first round of the playoffs. Like The West is just so hard to predict, so hard to know. You could be a great team and lose a tough series even in the first round, but I think this team does have a ceiling that people should recognize. I don't know exactly what that ceiling is yet in terms of what they will accomplish, I do know that I'm starting to trust them more, and I think that's what Kendrick Perkins was trying to say there. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin. I want to bring in Randy Johnson from the Star Tribune right now. Randy covers Gopher football and Gophers men's hockey at the Star Tribune, and that meant you were pretty busy this past weekend, Randy. Uh, yeah, well, kind of like a nervous as a, a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs there. It was, uh, <laughs> I've uh, heard it that was before. Good. That's good. So you're, you're covering, you know, covering Gopher hockey over the weekend, and Friday we get word that UCLA is, you know, Chip Kelly is bolting UCLA to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. You start seeing all sorts of things that say UCLA thinks PJ Fleck would be an awfully good candidate. There's kind of this like 24-hour period where it's like, hey, what's going on here? Is this like a real thing? Fleck tweets um, Saturday night, hey, reaffirming that he's, you know, happy to be with the Gophers, getting ready for 2024. What, what was that process like in your mind and kind of what – how, what was the level of what was going on there in, in your in your reporting and your your understanding of this? Yeah, the you know, the process. You know, you, you see you see the uh, the move by Chip Kelly, and then then you see uh, some speculation by uh, by some national writers, and you know you, you have to pay attention to that because they're you know a lot of these guys are pretty tied in uh, with the subjects that they're dealing with. So um, yeah, you, you see a name there, it's okay. We got to we got to you know, investigate here, see what's going on, and uh, uh, yeah, you know, found out there. You know, didn't find a lot lot out on on Friday, but Saturday found out. Okay, there's there's some legitimate interest in BJ Fleck from UCLA, and you know we're gonna see what's gonna happen here uh, as the day progressed. And uh, yeah, I was um, I was I was pretty uh, happy to see the uh, the tweet come out on on uh, Saturday night after I, I just got just finishing up writing my story on Saturday's Gophers hockey game, which is an afternoon one. Uh, and uh, yeah, because I'm mainly because of the amount of work that was going to require if there was a coaching change, and then it would have been a really tough situation for the Gophers this time of year with the, the recruiting done for the season. Uh, then the transfer portal would be opening up for people for players to leave. You'd be looking at would would PJ be taking coaches with him, things like that. There was just going to be a lot of stuff going on, and it would not have been a good time for any program to to have to change coaches. It was it's kind of like a musical chair somebody gonna uh, not gonna get a chair and it turned out it was ucla and not the gophers 
Now, again, like you said, there was there's definitely some interest in him. I I wrote earlier this week that I thought Minnesota at this point is maybe a better, more stable job that he maybe has something good going here versus what he could go for. There's definitely some attraction to what UCLA has, but they've kind of had some financial messes over there. Their NIL isn't what it needs to be. Um, things like that. It's not like Chip Kelly didn't have any success there. They won like eight or nine games the last few years, and they're coming into the Big Ten. So you can see why you know a coach like P.J. Fleck would be attractive to a program like that. But you know, ultimately, maybe fit-wise, didn't seem like it matched to me. What was your sense from that standpoint? Yeah, my, my sense was you know UCLA needed to get somebody who had some experience in the Big Ten and and was was a sitting coach somewhere that could transition really quick. Um, I think it's for them with. Deshaun Foster, they'll have some some continuity with the staff, but he's you know a new coach going into the Big Ten. That that's not going to be easy. Um, you know, PJ's uh, done a pretty good job here, and that that was attractive to UCLA, and they uh, pretty much that's what that's why they reached out to him. I mean, it, it looked like uh, you know if he would have gone, yeah, that, that would have made sense for UCLA. Um, there's, there's, there's some fit things. Yeah. He's been mainly in the, in the Midwest. Um, you want, you wonder, okay, how would the, the, uh, the row of the bolt thing translate? I think that that's something teams can figure out. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, it, it made sense a lot for them to be looking at him. Um, and for him staying here, it's, I think that makes sense too. It's, you know, he, he's built something pretty, pretty decent here and he's got some continuity. He's, you know, he's, he had some coaching changes in the offseason, off brought in a new uh, defense coordinator after uh, Joe Rossi left for Michigan State. Um, bringing a new quarterback uh, uh, in the portal from the uh, from New Hampshire and um, Max Brosmer. So, yeah, I think he's he's got some things pointing forward here, too. That said, when I looked at it initially, you know, before I thought about the fit, I was like, you know, if P.J. Fleck is going to go, it didn't it didn't make. I mean, I should say it made a certain amount of sense to me that this could be a time where he would look at something else just because last year was hard, right? Like he had the, you know, he had the 11 win year in 2019. He had back-to-back nine win seasons in 2021, 2022. Last year, they only win, you know, six games after the bowl game. Um, You know, a younger team rebuilding. Schedule's getting harder. It's not getting any easier in the Big Ten. Like you can see like where... There could be some not concern on his part because I'm sure he's confident, but like you can see where it's like, ah, if they have another year or two of struggle, do you want to kind of get out in front of that? So I from from my standpoint, I was like, my antenna was up because it felt like, okay, this this could be a time where he's interested in going somewhere else, but fit-wise, it didn't make sense to me. What what do you think about where he's at program-wise? Do you think you think he should be thinking in that way, or do you feel like he's got a pretty long kind of leash here to kind of get to get things back from where they were last year? Well, I, I think I th- yeah, I think he's 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 got a long leash here. He's got his, his athletic director who hired him here in Mark Coyle. That that's always an important thing to have as as a coach. Um, yeah, I think that um, last year was a bad year. We, we all know that they lost their final uh, four games of the regular season. Got it. Got into, uh, into a bowl game on their academic record. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know, by no by no means are, are they satisfied with what happened this year. Um, you know, I him being a competitive guy, I think. I don't think he's one to run from from a challenge. Um, so I think uh, you know, basically, yeah, they, he's looking to get it back to where it was. And you know, I you, know, you look at their before this year, their last three full regular seasons, 
eleven two nine and four nine and four. That's that's not bad. I mean, you know, that especially that eleven and two one. They they finished number ten in the country, and that hadn't been done here since nineteen sixty two. So I think we you know should realize that he, he's taken him to a, a pretty good level. Now can he get back to that? That's that's the challenge, and it becomes more of a challenge um, with the uh, expanded Big Ten. Yeah, although there's also an expanded playoff now where you think about it and you're like, if you're one of the 12 best teams in the country, you could go to the college football playoff at some point here. You're thinking about, you know, where this program stands. And you made a good point earlier, too, where whatever we're thinking about, Fleck, whatever whatever happened last year, this would have been a disaster for them in the short term if he would have left because this is a bad time to be looking for a coach. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, if, if he was looking, I, I thought we might have seen something earlier in the offseason. Um, you know, you always you always look at a coach how long he's been at a place, and sometimes is it better? You know, okay, if they reset at a different place, in a way, that's what Joe Rossi has done. He's he's gone to Michigan State. I think, you know, after a, a tough year, defensive year this year, he's there. You know, he, he's got more of a, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't say honeymoon period, but you know, it's kind of you're not going to feel the heat right away. I don't think. Couple more things on this that I want to transition to go for hockey, but just you know, Chip Kelly going from UCLA to a coordinator job at Ohio State. Obviously, that's a premier program. Um, does does the fact that there's been a few head coaches that have taken coordinator jobs like does this underscore just what a pain in the butt it is to be a college head coach these days? Oh uh, yeah, very much so. The uh, the BC coach did that and took the uh, uh, the Packers defense coordinator job. Uh, yeah, you see Chip Kelly. He's got the ties there with Ryan Day, who who he had. Uh, been, he had coached in, at New Hampshire and and worked with, um, but yeah, when you th- when you look at what the NIL and the transfer portal portal what everything, where you when you basically have two periods of free agency every year where any player can leave for any reason, um, that's that's a big headache for coaches. Um, when you get to the pros, you know, you don't have to deal with a recruiting. You don't have to deal with an NIL. Um, yeah, you might have uh, long nights, uh, you know, the perpetual guys, you know, sitting there, spending the night in the, in the office and preparing. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it seems like a more stable lifestyle if you can stick, stick in a place for a while. Yeah, for sure. And final thing, I mean, you mentioned there's another portal, portal period opening up. Is that April that that happens? Yeah, there's an April portal, portal period, uh, you know, basically after most places either are in spring practice or, or at the end of it. Uh, so that, that'll be a, we'll, we'll see if the Gophers add any during that time. There's there's probably a chance they might land a, a player or two and, the, and they could have a, a few players transfer out if, if things, you know, don't feel well during spring uh, practice for them. So is that kind of the thing we got to wait until spring practice to kind of know what they might be looking for there or do we have any foreshadowing of what what that might bring for them uh, yeah i would i would think they would wait till spring practice to see what you know what these guys uh, look what everyone looks like um you know right now they're in work in winter conditioning and stuff so that you're not seeing a lot of the uh, football type stuff in april the gopher men's hockey team might be hoping to play for a national championship at xl energy center but Getting ahead of ourselves, uh, they're number eight in the pairwise after a sweep this past weekend. Two shutouts, Justin Close. Didn't, didn't you write about him right before this great weekend he had? Uh, I, I, yes, I did. Um, I, I did a feature on Justin last week, and I didn't jinx him, which is was which is is nice to see. Sometimes it's a Star Tribune jinx when we do a feature on a player who's done well, and then on their next uh, uh, time out, they might not do quite as well. He seems to be, I mean, you know, goes without saying, two shoutouts. He seems to be rounding into kind of the top of his game. The whole team kind of seems to be 
ascending at the right time. Is that a good way to put it with just two series left before we start the postseason? Uh, yeah, they're playing very well right now. That you know they're they're on a a run of uh, six one and one in the Big Ten, and they're nine two and one since uh, the start of the new year. A um, couple of those games could have easily been the other way. They uh, had two goals disallowed at Wisconsin a couple weekends ago. That was you know you flip that one, then then they're looking at three consecutive um, sweeps. Uh, yeah, they're they're rounding into play. They're getting a lot of different contributions. Um, uh, Justin Close gets the for the second straight week gets Big Ten number one star and then Aaron Huglin who had a, a, a two goals and an assist on the weekend he he got the third star um, they're getting great play out of uh, Rhett Pitlick um, uh, Mason Nevers st- stepped up this weekend uh, so it, it it looks like they're um, they're rounding into shape pretty good they've um, really solidified their sel- themselves uh, where they're they would they would have to be pretty bad. Pretty bad collapse now, not to make the NCAA tournament. They were at the at the uh, beginning of the new year. They were kind of muddling around 12, 13, 14 in the pairwise, and that that puts you on a bubble. You don't want to be there. And right now they're eight. They could move up a little bit. They're probably going to be a, a number two or a number three seed. Um, my guess is that they there's a good chance they'll end up in Sioux Falls regional. Not, not for certain. You, you can see what everything changes with, if you have upsets or whatever, but uh, I think there, there's a decent chance they go to Sioux Falls. And I would guess there's a pretty good chance. They might, might have North Dakota in that regional too. North Dakota is number two in the pairwise. They're not the host in Sioux Falls like they have been in the past, but I know that the NCAA, that what they've done with the Sioux Falls regional, the Fargo regionals over the past few years is they've um, loaded up with the, uh, Minnesota or North Dakota in there. So back in 18, we had three Minnesota teams in Air Force in there. Last year up in Fargo, uh, it, it was uh, uh, the Gophers uh, against Canisius, but then the other game was uh, St. Cloud State and Minnesota State. So it's they they tend to like to put a lot of teams uh, from the area in that regional. And if you if you do that, you'll you have a good shot of getting somebody from that region to the Frozen Four. Um, and I think they would like that for Frozen Four purposes, the NCAA. Well, that makes sense, especially with the Frozen Four here this year. Now, Justin Close, obviously a guy that kind of came out of nowhere when they needed him a few years ago when they had that kind of midseason departure. He's not surprising anybody anymore at this point, but what, what just kind of what has his trajectory been like? Well, yeah, it's, it's nuts. You know, here, here's a kid out of Saskatchewan who really didn't have any offers. He, he came to the Gophers as a walk-on um, third stringer, uh, you know, didn't really play – um, you know, he saw like uh, mop up duty a little bit. Uh, then Jack LaFontaine le- leaves for uh, the Carolina Hurricanes when they they run into a goalie got some injuries and some COVID problems, and they had to had to get another goalie uh, who could you know jump into the NHL level real quick. And you know, he played a couple games and they got they got set down. But um, yeah, that he um, Justin's just been steady. Um, you know, you talk to the kid; he's he's uh, you know just. Really level-headed kid, not you know doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, very calm in the net, um, very good positionally, yeah, and he's he's definitely playing uh, some of his best hockey right now. He, uh, he's got his fourth fourth shutout this year on, on Saturday, and now he is uh, tied for the career shutout record uh, with um, Kellen Briggs and Adam Wilcox for, for the Gophers. Those are some names from the past. It's uh, yeah, I didn't haven't thought about those guys for a little while, but. Got to have it during the, you know, during the tournament, you got to have goaltending. I'm sure it's made Bob Motzko's life easier. To, I'm sure he was just like panicking a few years ago when he didn't know what he was going to do. 
and he, Bob always tells the story. It's like, yeah, this is this is the strangest. Uh, the strangest story in his coaching career. And he goes, how dumb am I for not starting him before I did? So <laughs> he had a couple good, good goalies ahead of him at the time uh, the, with LaFontaine who won the, won the Richter award one, one year. And then um, uh, Matt Robson before him. So it's, it was tough to crack that lineup, but he, you know, basically was thrown into a, you know, really difficult situation and, and he's taken him to two, help them to get the two frozen fours and they're aiming for another if they get to St. Paul. Couple more things for you. They've got Notre Dame this weekend on the road, and then they've got what a bye week, and then home against Michigan. And then it's all Big Ten tournament time already after that. Yep, yeah, Big Ten tournament. The first round is a uh, best of three. Right now, it looks like they probably would play Penn State again. Um, then, uh, then you go. Uh, the The second round is a single game. The following weekend, uh, a single game elimination type deal, and then as it's a championship, the weekend after that. So, which is kind of a it's a long, they kind of stretch out their, their tournament a little bit, uh, but uh, I'd, I'd kind of like to see it more compact, but uh, you know, it is what it is. It does feel a little strange that they wait that long, but I guess, I mean, you gotta you know, give them some rest, give them a chance to get gear up for the postseason, and, you know, maybe get, maybe get a big 10 team to, to win it all. And there's, you know, three really good big 10 teams this year, right? I mean, Wisconsin and Michigan state are both above the Gophers, both in the standings and the pairwise right now. Yeah, yeah, the Big Ten is you know it's it's um, it's it's a uh, that what's really helped you know with places like uh, Wisconsin they make the coaching change to bring in Mike Hastings who's done done very well there brought up brought a few of his players from Mankato with him and they they've been been pretty tough uh, Michigan State hit the transfer portal very hard and that's paid paid off um, yeah those are those teams are going to be uh, ones to reckon with going forward it's. The Big Ten is not is not a, a pushover conference by any means. They're they're right up there. I know Hockey East is having an outstanding year. They have a BC at number one and BC or BU at number three. Uh, Maine like at six, six or seven. Um, you know that's pretty good. Uh, Big Ten's right there with them too. Three three of the uh, top eight teams in the pairwise. Well, certainly for your sake, and I think for the Gophers' sake too. I'm glad that you can focus your energy on this and not a coaching search right now in football. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. All right. Thanks, Randy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Mike. Appreciate it. Royal Credit Union smart checking accounts offer no monthly fees and no minimum balance. Enjoy financial freedom when you open your Royal Credit Union smart checking account online at rcu.org slash go checking. Insured by NCUA. Really good stuff from Randy and a postscript to our conversation about Gophers hockey that I did not realize. Last three times... The NCAA Frozen Four for men's hockey has been in St. Paul. A Minnesota team has won the championship. Gophers in 2002, Minnesota Duluth in 2011, and again, Minnesota Duluth in 2018. Why is that relevant? Well, the Frozen Four is again, of course, in St. Paul in 2024. Can a Minnesota team do it again? Right now, certainly, the Gophers are the best hope. Like Randy and I talked about, they're number eight in the pairwise. Almost certainly going to be a two or a three seed this year, barring some sort of collapse. Would be harder to see them get up all the way into the top four, but hard to see them falling you know, into the 13 through 16 range. St. Cloud tied for 11th in the pairwise right now. They seem like a solid bet to make the NCAA tournament, but maybe you know in that kind of low three, high four territory, also depending on conference tournament upsets, things like that. 
Not a lot else going great for Minnesota teams in college hockey this year. Minnesota Duluth has a losing record. They're down at number 25 in the pairwise. Minnesota State has a winning record, but their strength of schedule isn't that great. They're 28th right now in the pairwise. St. Thomas, 34th. Bemidji State down at 40. So not a great year across the board for Minnesota teams. But the Gophers do give them do give them a chance right now to make it all the way to get to St. Paul. They can win, you know, get to the tournament, win two games in their regional, and then get to the Frozen Four. You could see them having a chance this year. I know last year's team was the one that was supposed to win it all. They were so close. They were so loaded up. Sometimes it happens, though, that the team you don't expect, the, the one after the one that had all the talent, sometimes that's the team that jumps up, gets there, and gets it all done. Um, if they can get the goaltending they got last weekend with two shutouts, uh, they will be well on their way. But just keep that in mind. Kind of a quirky fact, St. Paul has hosted um, you know, three of those tournaments in the last, what, 22 years, and each time a Minnesota team has won it all. Gophers, like I said, with the best chance of the Minnesota teams to keep that streak going in 2024. Let's finish with the cooler. A couple of things in the cooler. Um, Go for women's basketball. They are in a massive tailspin since the injury that ended Mara Braun's season. Looked like they were maybe going to be an NCAA tournament team or at least an NCAA tournament contender, but they have lost six consecutive games and Tuesday, maybe the low point in that, 81-73 loss at Rutgers. Rutgers was 1-12 in the Big Ten coming into this game. The Gophers were up by 10 points after the first quarter. They just fell apart, and you can tell head coach Don Plitza-White is frustrated. Kent Youngblood talked to her after the game. She said, we're not disciplined. We'd better figure out how to guard. She also said, you know, we don't do the little things very well. We just aren't disciplined. We're giving them post touches. We foul. Very frustrated with this team right now, a team that really hasn't been all that resilient in the last six games after Braun was injured. They're not doing the little things they were doing at the start of the year, not playing the kind of defense they could be playing. Now they're 4-9 and nine in the Big Ten, a team that was, like I said, trending towards being an NCAA tournament contender. I think actually the last time I had Kent on the show, they were like, it was right before they went into this tailspin. I'm not saying I jinxed them. We didn't jinx them. This just happened. But um, he was talking, I think they were like, you know, in the, in the tournament watch, they were like nine, a lot, like a nine or a 10 seed projected at that moment. Nowhere near the tournament right now. They're, they're just kind of in a tailspin and Plitza White is you know kind of beside herself she says I wish I knew what happened in this game I wish I knew I don't know if it if it was as if their attack was different they're just not not getting it done right now and that's 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 difficult I thought Plitza White was doing a great job this season I'm not saying her coaching has changed certainly the personnel changes when Braun gets hurt but this is not a kind of tailspin that I would have envisioned from a team that seemed pretty tough or at least kind of developing a toughness identity at the start of the season one more thing um we talked about pj fleck with randy johnson earlier about you know kind of the the ucla rumors how he put those to bed now ucla has a coach so not worried about that one other thing in football coaching major college maybe not college major football coaching in this town caught my eye the other day it was just one of these random things i get all the time odds of the next NFL coach being fired or first coach to be fired in 2024. I clicked on it. I get these emails all the time. It's kind of annoying, but sometimes I click on them. I'm like, okay, what are they saying about the Minnesota team? And I, I, the odds said Kevin O'Connell. It, Kevin O'Connell was on the list. I think he was like sixth on the list. So that's like, you know, 
you got to think about it like there's these established coaches who aren't going to get fired no matter what, probably. Um, you know, Andy Reid just won the Super Bowl. He's not going to get fired. There's a lot of coaches who are very solid. And then there's a bunch of coaches who just got hired. Those guys aren't going to get fired either. So you can probably, you know, right off the top, you can eliminate 10 to 12 coaches who certainly aren't going to get fired. So that leaves like another, you know, 20 maybe. But Kevin O'Connell being sixth kind of caught my eye. Nowhere near the top, of course, or not, you know, not in the very top line. Mike McCarthy was up there for sure. Um, you know, guys who are maybe on thin ice going into the year, but it was like, really? Kevin O'Connell? I was like, you know, kind of shows you how things can change quickly. You know, a year ago, 2022, his debut, they were 13 and four, the charmed season. Everything was great. There was these great locker room speeches from KOC after the game that we got to see. Everything was going right. Yeah, they lost in the playoffs, but there was still some optimism. And then last year, Things you know, up down, up down, losing losing quarterback seven and ten season. Now you go into this year and you're like, okay, what would put him on the hot seat? Well, we don't know this for sure, but we've talked about this on Access Vikings before. We believe this is year three of a four year contract for both he and Quesito Fomenza. So it is kind of a hey, gotta figure this out this year, or it could be kind of a hot seat territory. So there's that to it. If they get off to a slow start, if things don't go well. If they've made certain decisions at quarterback or whatever it is that don't work out, yeah, okay, I can see him catching some heat. Doesn't feel like they would make an impulsive move like that so soon. But, you know, you start to think, okay, yeah, this is kind of a big year for him, even if you don't see it as a make or break year. Then you think, okay, well, who would they bring in if they did decide, hey, we, we got to cut bait right now? Well, on his staff right now, uh, the defensive coordinator has been a head coach and was quite a quite a success story for most of last year, Brian Flores. So, Made me think about it a little bit differently. I'm not saying this is like we're on Kevin O'Connell watch right now. I think he's I think he's done a good job overall in these two years. I think he was dealt a tough hand last year that he didn't necessarily play all that well, but he gets some grace for how he navigated his rookie year, 13 and four, things like that. His overall record still in uh, in this in this league is 20 and 14. That's still really good. So I think this is a, pr- a prove it year to a certain degree. I don't think it's a hot seat year, but I will frame it as a prove it year to a certain degree, especially after how last year unfolded. So maybe it was a good thing I opened this email, got me thinking a little bit differently about Kevin O'Connell and where the Vikings stand going into 2024. That will do it for me. Chip Scoggin should be joining me on Thursday's show, Star Tribune columnist, whole bunch of stuff I want to talk to Chip about, including probably some more of this college football talk. Until then, I am Michael Rand, back at it again tomorrow.